book 6 chapter 21 of henrietta temple this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org henrietta temple by benjamin disraeli book 6 chapter 21 the crisis although when ferdinand was once more left alone to his reflections it did not appear to him that anything had occurred which should change his opinion of his forlorn lot there was something nevertheless inspiring in the visit of his friend count mirabel it did not seem to him indeed that he was the one with nearer extrication from his difficulties than before and as for the wild hopes as to henrietta he dismissed them from his mind as the mere fantastic schemes of a sanguine spirit and yet his gloom by some process difficult to analyze had in great measure departed it would not be the champagne nor that was a remedy he had previously tried it was in some degree doubtless the magic sympathy of a joyous temperament but chiefly it might perhaps be ascribed to the flattering conviction that he possessed the hearty friendship of a man whose goodwill was in every view of the case a very enviable possession with such a friend as mirabel he could not deem himself quite so unlucky as in the morning if he were fortunate unfortunate so unexpectedly in this instance he might be so in others a vague presentiment that he had seen the worst of life came over him it was equally in vain to justify the consoling conviction or to resist it and ferdinand armine although in a sponging house fell asleep in better humour with his destiny than he had been over the last eight months his dreams were charming he fancied that he was at armine standing by the barbary rose tree it was moonlight it was perhaps a slight recollection of the night he had looked upon the garden from the window of his chamber the night after he had first seen henrietta suddenly henrietta temple appeared at his window and waved her hand to him with a smiling face he immediately plucked for her a flower and stood with his offering beneath her window she was in a riding habit and she told him that she had just returned from italy he invited her to descend and she disappeared but instead of henrietta there came forward from the old place the duchess who immediately inquired whether he had seen his cousin and then her grace by some confused process common in dreams turned into glastonbury and pointed to the rose tree where to his surprise catherine was talking with lord montfort ferdinand called out for henrietta but as she did not appear he entered the place where he found count mirabel dining by himself and just drinking a glass of champagne he complained to mirabel that henrietta had disappeared but his friend laughed at him and said that after such a long ride leaving italy only yesterday he could scarcely expect to see her satisfied with this explanation ferdinand joined the court at his banquet and was awakened from his sleep and his dream apparently by mirabel drawing a cork ha why did he ever wake it was so real he had seen her so plainly 
it was life it was the very smile she wore at ducy that sunny glance so full of joy beauty and love which he could live to gaze on and now he was in prison and she was going to be married to another oh there are things in this world that may well break hearts the cock of count mirabel was however a substantial sound a gentle tap at his door he answered it and the waiter entered his chamber beg pardon sir for disturbing you only eight o'clock then why the deuce do you disturb me there's been another note sir i said as how you were not up and he sent his compliments and said as how he could call in an hour as he wished to see you particular was it the count no sir but it was a regular knob sir for he had a coronet on his cap but he would not leave his name catch of course thought ferdinand to himself and sent by mirabel i should not wonder if after all they have broken the bank at crockies nothing shall induce me to take a ducat however ferdinand thought fit to rise and contrived to descend to the best drawing-room about a quarter of an hour after the appointed time to his extreme surprise he found lord montfort my dear friend said lord montfort looking a little confused i am afraid i have sadly disturbed you but i could not contrive to find you yesterday until it was so late that i was ashamed to knock them up here and i thought therefore you would excuse this early call as 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 i wish to see you very much indeed you're extremely kind said captain armine but really i much regret that your lordship should have had all this trouble oh what is the trouble under such circumstances replied his lordship i cannot pardon myself for being so stupid as not reaching you yesterday i never can excuse myself for the inconvenience you have experienced ferdinand bowed but was so perplexed that he could not say a word i hope my dear armine said his lordship advancing rather slowly putting his arm within that of ferdinand and then walking up and down the room together i hope you will act at this moment towards me as i would towards you where our respective situations changed ferdinand bowed but said nothing money you know my good fellow continued lord montfort is a disagreeable thing to talk about but there are circumstances which should deprive such conversation between us of any awkwardness which otherwise might arise i am not aware of them my lord said ferdinand though your good feelings command my gratitude i think upon reflection we shall find that there are some said lord montfort for the moment i will only hope that you will esteem those good feelings and which on my part am anxious should ripen into sincere and intimate friendship as sufficient authority of my pleasing your affairs in general in that state that they may in future never deprive your family and friends of society necessary to their happiness my lord i am sure that adversity has assumed a graceful hue with me for it is confirmed by most amiable views of human nature i shall not attempt to express myself which i feel towards your lordship for this generous goodness but i will say i am profoundly impressed with it not the less because i cannot avail myself in the slightest degree of your offer you are too much a man of the world i am sure my dear armine to be offended by my frankness i shall therefore speak without fear of misconception it does appear to me that the offer which i have 
made you is worthy of a little more consideration you see my dear friend that you have placed yourself in such a situation that however you may act the result cannot be completely satisfactory the course you should pursue therefore as indeed all the contact in this world should be is a matter of nice calculation have you well considered the consequences of your rushing upon ruin in the first place your family will receive a blow from which even future prosperity may not recover them your family estate already in a delicate position may be irrecoverably lost the worldly consequences of such a vicissitude are very considerable whatever career you pursue so long as you visibly possess armine you rank always among the aristocracy of the land and a family that maintains such a position however decayed will ultimately recover i hardly know an exception to this rule i do not think of all men that you are most calculated to afford one what you say has long pressed itself upon us said captain armine then again resumed lord montfort the feelings and even interest of your friends are to be considered poor glastonbury i love that old man myself the fall of armine might break his heart he would not like to leave his tower you see i know your place poor glastonbury said ferdinand but above all continued lord montfort the happiness nay the very health and life of your parents for whom all this is now concealed would perhaps be the last and the costliest sacrifices of your rashness ferdinand threw himself on the sofa and covered his face yet all this misery all these misfortunes may be avoided and you yourself become a calm and happy man by for i wish not to understate your view of the subject armine putting yourself under a pecuniary obligation to me a circumstance to be avoided in the common course of life no doubt but is better to owe me a favour and save your family estate preserve your position maintain your friend and prevent the misery and probable death of your parents or be able to pass me in the street in haughty silence if you please with consciousness that the luxury of your pride has been satisfied at the cost of every circumstance which makes existence desirable you put the case strongly said ferdinand but no reasoning can ever persuade me that i am justified borrowing three thousand pounds which i can never repay accept it then tis the same thing said ferdinand i think not said lord montfort but why do you say never because it is utterly impossible that i ever can how do you know you may not marry a woman of large fortune said lord montfort now you seem to me exactly the sort of man who would marry an heiress you are thinking of my cousin said ferdinand i thought that you had discovered or that you might have learned and that there is no real intention of our union no i was not thinking of your cousin said lord montfort though to tell you the truth i was once in hopes that you would marry her however that i well know is entirely out of question for i believe miss grandison will marry someone else indeed exclaimed ferdinand little agitated well may she be happy i love kate from the bottom of my heart but who is the fortunate fellow tis a lady's secret said lord montfort but let's return to our agreement to be brief 
either my dear armine you must be convinced by my reasoning or i must remain here a prisoner like yourself for to tell you the truth there is a fair lady before whom i cannot present myself except in your company ferdinand changed countenance there wanted but this to confirm his resolution which had scarcely wavered to owe his release to henrietta's influence which lord montford was too degrading my lord he said you touched upon a string that i hope might have been spared me this conservation must indeed cease my mouth is sealed from giving you the reasons which nevertheless render it imperative on me to decline your generous offer well then said lord montford i must see if another can be more successful and he held forth the note to the astounded ferdinand in henrietta's writing it dropped from ferdinand's hand as he took it lord montford picked it up and gave it to him again and walked to the other end of the room it was with extreme difficulty that ferdinand prevailed on himself to break the seal the note was short the hand that traced the letters must have trembled thus it ran dearest ferdinand do everything that digby wishes he is our best friend digby is going to marry catherine are you happy henrietta lord montford looked around ferdinand harmin was lying senseless on the sofa our friend was not of a swooning mood but we think the circumstances may excuse the weakness as for lord montford he rang the bell for the little waiter who the moment he saw what had occurred hurried away and rushed upstairs again with cold water a bottle of brandy and a blazing sheet of brown paper which he declared was an infallible specific by some means or other ferdinand was in time recovered and the little waiter was fairly expelled my dear friend said ferdinand in a faint voice i am the happiest man that ever lived i hope you will be i am sure you will be catherine is an angel but i cannot speak it is so strange my dear fellow you really must take a glass of brandy said lord montford it is strange certainly but we are all happy i hardly know where i am said ferdinand after a few minutes am i really alive let us think how we are going to get out of this place i suppose they will take my check if not i must be off oh don't go said ferdinand if you go i shall not believe it is true my dear montford is it really true yes you see my dear armine said lord montford smiling it was fated that i should marry a lady you rejected and tell you the truth the reason why i did not get to you yesterday as i ought to have done was an unexpected conversation i had with miss grandison i think this arrest was a most fortunate incident it brought affairs to a crisis we should have gone on playing at cross purposes forever here the little waiter entered again with a note and a packet the same messenger brought them said ferdinand no sir the count's servant brought the note and waits for an answer the packet came by another person ferdinand opened the note and read as follows berkeley square half past 7 morning monami best joke in the world i broke croquis bank three times of course i told you so i win 15000 pounds directly i am awake i will send you the 3000 and i will lend you the rest till your marriage it will not be very long I write this before I go to bed, that you may have it early. 
adieu cher ami votre affectionné de mirabel my arrest was certainly the luckiest incident in the world said ferdinand handing the note to lord montfort mirabel dined here yesterday and went and played on purpose to save me i treat it as a joke but what is this ferdinand opened the packet the handwriting was unknown to him ten bank notes of three hundred pounds each fell to the ground do i live in fairyland he exclaimed now how can this be it cannot be you it cannot be mirabel it is wondrous strange i think i can throw some light upon it said lord montfort catherine was mysteriously engaged with glastonbury yesterday morning they were out together and i know they went to her lawyers there is no doubt it is catherine i think under the circumstances of the case we need have no delicacy in availing ourselves of this fortunate remittance it will at least save us time said lord montfort ringing the bell send your master here directly he continued to the waiter the sheriff's officer appeared the debt the fees all were paid and the discharge was duly taken ferdinand in the meantime went upstairs to lock up his dressing case the little waiter rushed after him to pack his portmanteau ferdinand did not forget his zealous friend who whispered hope when all was black the little waiter chuckled as he put his ten guineas in his pocket you see sir he said i was quite right no dear friends would stump down fancy a nob like you sent to court fiddle dee you see sir you weren't used to it and so ferdinand amin bid adieu to the sponging house where in the course of less than eight and forty hours he had known alike despair and rupture lord montfort drove along with a gaiety unusual to him now my dear armine he said i am not a jot the less in love with henrietta than before i love her as you love catherine what folly to marry a woman who was in love with another person i should have made her miserable when the great object of all my conduct was to make her happy now catherine really loves me as much as henrietta loves you i have had this plan in my head for a long time i calculated finely i was convinced it was the only way to make us all happy and now we shall all be related we shall be constantly together and we will be brother friends ha ah, my dear montfort said ferdinand what will mr temple say leave him to me said lord montfort i tremble said ferdinand if it were possible to anticipate difficulties today i shall go to him at once said lord montfort i am not fond of suspense myself and now it is of no use all will be all right i trust only to you said ferdinand for i am as proud as temple he dislikes me and he is too rich for me to bow down to him i take it upon myself said lord montfort mr temple is calm sensible man you will laugh at me but the truth is with him it must be a matter of calculation on the one hand his daughter's happiness a union with the family second to none in blood alliances and territorial position and only wanting his wealth to revive all its splendor on the other his daughter's broken hearted and a duke for his son-in-law mr temple is too sensible a man to hesitate particularly when i remove the greatest difficulty he must experience where shall i out you down berkeley square end of book 6 chapter 21 recording by lambda